1: how are you? Thanks for tuning in. It is Dry Bar Live. My name is Keith Stubbs, comedian. Look, you can tell because there's a background that looks like a, a comedy stage. And with me is the inimitable, the very funny, the talented, can't get enough of her, Leanne Morgan. Leanne, how are you?
0: I'm good, you angel. Thank you for having me, my Keith, <laughs> my buddy.
1: <laughs> where are you?
0: Where are you checking in from? Knoxville Tennessee so are you on lockdown and everything are you oh yeah yeah but our, our cases our COVID's low. we don't have you know <laughs> praise God we don't have a lot of a lot going on we really don't so it's not as bad there as you're it's, seeing maybe nationally right right or Nashville got it worse than us but in a middle Tennessee but no it's not it's not that bad
1: so how, does, how, so how are people reacting to that? Because I'm sure that they're watching what's happening in New York and it's insane. And then you're in Knoxville and I live in Ogden, Utah, and I believe there's been none. There's been no, no deaths there. So it's like people are like, OK, I'm staying home. I'm not going to Chili's. <laughs> what are we doing? I, and I know what we're doing. We're, we're trying to help other people. But it is a little odd when it's nice out and yet you're still hunkered down.
0: I know. I know. I don't know what to think. I mean, I I go back and forth and help with my elderly parents, so I'm I'm scared to get in contact with a lot of people, but as, mm-hmm. as far as, I, I mean, I don't know. What do you do when there's no, it's just not, I went to Ingalls last night. I went to the grocery store. I wore a mask. Belle Biv DeVoe song came on. I felt like I had, I don't know, been let out of prison and that I was clubbing in 1983 when I was at the University of Tennessee and I was in a lot of sin, Keith, and um, I don't know, I just and I bought some jello and I thought I'd make a nice jello salad and the, and the little children that were working at Ingalls, high school kids, they didn't have masks on. One of them said, oh, they're going to open this back up in, in a couple of weeks. I don't know if that child heard something I didn't, but anyway, I don't know. I don't know what to think. But let me tell you that I just had a child leave from New York and she got out in the nick of time. She was in school in New York.
1: What was she doing there?
0: She uh, was going to a school and graduated from a school for makeup for television and film and special effects in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And she graduated on March the 10th and she flew home on March the 16th.
1: Goodness. And that's right. March 16th is when things really started getting kind of crazy.
0: Oh yeah. It blew up like the, that the couple of days in there, anyway, she came home and quarantined for for fourteen days just to make sure. And she hasn't knock on wood, she hasn't had any problems or anything. She got out in the nick of time.
1: It is a scary, unique time. I This is so, I never thought anything like this would happen. Did this seem like something that would happen maybe in the sixteen hundreds or whatever? I don't I mean, know if that's accurate. I, I I'm making everything up. <laughs> I, I really, this is shocking to me that. I thought, we got computers. We're talking through a phone right now. Why can't we get this thing figured out? I'm, I'm not I expecting know. me to figure out because I'm a dummy. <laughs> but I will tell you, I do know some smart people. And that's why I'm OK right now at, at this point, because there's some really smart people working on it. And there's a lot at stake uh, the health and well being of everyone in the world. So I do believe that things are going to get rectified, I hope sooner than later. But I, I, to get a grasp
0: on this actually happening is shocking to me. I know, and I and I'll go through my day and I'm in my house, I'm not touring, you know, I'm not I was on the road and not in, I, I've been on the road for months. I get home and I'm walking around looking at, you know, oh, these canned goods have gone bad because I haven't <laughs> been home in a year to cook them. <laughs> And I'm looking and I'm doing, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm gonna clean out that pantry. And then and and I'm kissing a dog in the mouth. And then all of a sudden I think, <laughs> we're in a pandemic. <laughs> what the we're in a what is happening? And it gives you a little anxiety, a little tightness in your chest. Uh-huh. But I do a podcast with my nurse practitioner who uh it's called Sweaty and Piss, Menopause and More, and she gets all this CDC information, you know. Uh-huh. On the down low kind of stuff. And she said, Oh, Liam, people are racing all over the world trying to get a vaccine. Somebody will come up with one. We'll get the antibody test that will let people who's let us know who's had it, uh-huh. who's got it immune to it, who's immune to it. Because I'm always asking her, When can I go out and do a show? <laughs> and she, you know, she doesn't know. Everybody's guessing. Right. You know, I don't know. It's crazy.
1: Yes. Did you go out and buy a bunch of toilet paper when this happened?
0: No, I had I had, thank the Lord, had gone to Costco, had gotten a big thing of toilet paper before it hit, because I always like to have toilet paper. I have a fear of being caught without toilet paper or chapstick, Keith. And I and I don't want snacky toilet paper. Of course, now I guess you'd take (coughs) anything you could get, but I I got thick Thick cotton ale. Oh, and it was me that the last show I did was in London, Kentucky, and they were darling. And they gave me a bunch of wine. I drank until I was weak because everybody was <laughs> saying it's coming, it's coming. And they gave me a bunch of they gave me like four rolls of toilet paper with a ribbon around it as a gift, and a folk a piece of folk art made it. It was a chicken. With primary colors, very folksy, because that is the home of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And so wow. I went out on a, on a good note and brought home a bunch of toilet paper and that chicken. <laughs> I, and that was the last show I did. Wow.
1: And it was and, packed.
0: It was packed.
1: And then from here on out, you have no idea when things are going to resume or get back to normal for you as far as being on the road. So you had to postpone a bunch of shows, obviously. Yeah. When, when do you think that you'll be back on the road again? Like based on your scientific research, the people you talk to and your agent going, well, I heard because everyone heard something and yeah. everyone kind of has a, well, let me tell you what I think. But really, who knows? But what are you thinking? I think in May, June, July, what do you th- ever? Is it over? I
0: think- <laughs> Oh, I hope so yeah. I hope sometime because that would be my luck Keith to get a 100 a city tour and then a pandemic hits and they say we'll never have another show again when I thought I was going to get to buy a new headboard <laughs> I thought I was going to get to buy a car I've got a 2009 Honda Pilot with 235,000 miles on it <laughs> I I had all these things I was going to do and I was going to tell my husband, I can do whatever I want to You can't tell me what to do. And then this hit now i got to still rely on him. But anyway, I've heard July Uh, maybe. Right. And then I've heard from my medical people. I've heard maybe August, but, Uh, but my nurse practitioner did say, what they're going to do, it's going to be like after 9-11 when all of a sudden we all had to be padded down and you had to put take your purse and put it in a thing and go through a thing. Right. She said, now you'll have a fever scan and they'll just check everybody for fever and you can still go into the concert. Look at this. Oh, I've got one. Is this that a is, fever thing? Yeah. See this? Look at
1: this. See if it, it's, it's a laser. You, can you see the light? Yeah. So it's a laser thing. I can get take your temperature. It's on your forehead right now. I can take the temperature. I don't think it works through the uh, through Zoom. internet. But uh, yeah, so I can. Uh, so I'm kind of anticipating this. So this is one of those things you point at it, and uh, it'll give you like a temperature or whatever. I don't know if I can get it on my own in my own head. Yeah, is it is it on my head? Is it yeah, ninety
0: two. You're below normal. You're ninety two. With-
1: I'm feeling good. Then I should be. I'm like, like extremely healthy right now. There you go. So I heard that at places of business, uh, restaurants, you know, your Applebee's, your your finer establishments, they're gonna want, <laughs> they're gonna ask the servers and the um, and any employee has to wear the mask, right, and gloves, which is a little off putting, but. At this point, you got to do what you got to do. But they're saying servers and restaurants would be it would be mandated until who knows when to wear gloves and to wear masks. And then you'd also have to get the, uh, the zappity-dap on the forehead to uh, make sure that you don't have a fever. And if you have a fever, they're going to say, sorry, you're not getting the sticky fingers tonight. You're, <laughs> you're going to have to get them to go or do a takeout, but you can't sit at this table with uh, – with a fever. That's what I'm hearing. And I heard that from Gavin Newsom and he's a lib out of uh, California. So he's the, he's the governor seems reasonable, but uh, yeah, that's what he said. That's what that's, those are my sources. And I get them. I have to go through the filter on Fox, right? So I hear what Tucker Carlson, everybody has to say. And then I go over here and get yelled at by Don Lemon. So I got, got that going on. And then I get the uh, Rachel Maddow. She gives me the disappointed teacher look like she's, I can't believe <laughs> So I get that. And I
0: based on all that, I'm just I'm confused. I have no idea. I am too, Keith, because who's telling us the truth? I don't who knows. Everybody's saying something different.
1: I don't think it's a conspiracy though. The people that think it's a conspiracy, I, I'm not I, I understand why people gravitate towards conspiracies and I'm sure there's been plenty, but I don't think that's that this is some kind of a thing like that. I believe it's
0: no, bad judgment. I don't think
1: And it's gotten out of control, but I don't think it's some kind of a Alex Jones
0: thing. Yeah, I don't either. And if I started thinking that way, I would be like growing my own food (laughs) and I would, I'd put on a big prairie dress and I would be (laughs) putting big bats rice in the basement, but I, I can't. When when September 11th happened, we were living in San Antonio, Texas, and my children were babies in kindergarten, second and fourth grade. And um, and I remember them. And my husband traveled for his job and all over the United States. And so they said, oh, there's going to be biological warfare and you need to put big plastic sheets on the windows. And so I went to Lowe's and bought a big thing of plastic plastic and. He was like, what is that going to do, Lynn? And I was like, I don't know. I think it'll make me feel better. And I bought a bunch of jugs of water and some Vienna sausages, and I put them in my son's closet. And my middle child, she got in there and, and ate every one of those Vienna sausages. And she said, oh, Mommy, thank you so much. You know, I love these. Like, I had given her a gift. And then, okay, so then we moved it back to Knoxville. And my children go to, w- w- went to, they're grown, went to a Christian school. And I've got to go on every field trip. I loved a field trip. And they would ask me to go, Keith, because I'm uh-huh. fun and I'm not a butthole. You know, <laughs> nobody wants butthole moms to go on the field trips. They want the fun ones that don't give anybody a hard time. And I am very laid back. You know why I am. Uh-huh. So I always got invited. And they invited, uh, or this man went, um, his little girl was in my baby's kindergarten class. And he is like, looks like a mad scientist. He's a doctor and he's over East Tennessee. If something goes down, if something, you know, we got a nuclear plant, no bridge. And if something goes down, he's the man over, I don't know. I can't remember what his title was, but we sat together on that field trip. And that was when the bird flu was supposed to come. And he said, the bird flu is coming. And it's not if, it's when. And when it does, CAK, where my children went to school, he goes, that's going to be a triage. And the ice area where they play hockey is where the dead bodies are going to be stacked. And started telling me where all the stuff was. And I was in a fetal position (laughs) and got off that field trip. And had diarrhea, and and all my children. I loved them. I thought we we are all. I prayed. I thought we are all going to go. I mean, he that man had me terrified. I was paralyzed and terrified. And my husband is the kind of person like nothing's going to happen. He never thinks anything bad's going to happen, even though right. this has gotten him a little spooked. This uh-huh. does, yeah. He knows how important this is. But any, every time there's a like a Y twelve or something, I think, oh Lord, this is going to be it. <laughs> But this time, I'm just thinking, please let me tour. Please yeah. let me tour. I've got all these T-shirts I need to sell. I've got, <laughs> I've got Yeti cups. Hey, I've got you Enis. know what?
1: You want to plug them now? You want to you plug? Uh, how, can people buy it on your website? Can we do that right now? That's
0: about to happen, Keith. It's not happening. We're working on that. In the next okay. couple of weeks, I will, have a merchand- I will have merchandise on my website. Okay. And thank you, my darling. And I'm going to be, yeah, because I've got this stuff stacked up. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I make sure that I've got T-shirts and things that don't cling and they make you feel slim.
1: Oh, okay. So those are, gonna yeah. be, those are in high demand. So your website, <laughs> is it leannmorgan.com. Is that what it is? Yeah, LeanneMorgan.com. Okay, Leanne. More if you have a question for Leon, uh, Leon, I call I call you Leon. If you have a question for uh, Leanne, just send it to us right now. We're on Facebook. Uh, if you have a question, just hey Leanne, I got a question for you. Someone want to know if you were funny as a child, Leanne. I, I can't imagine that you weren't.
0: Oh, that's a sweet question. Yes, and um. <laughs> I mean people thought I was and in school my my teachers and everybody would say Liam will you get up and MC this will you get up and do you know and and I come from a family that everybody's fun and funny storytellers and they're, and they make a joke out of everything right and I've got a fun mom and daddy and then and then I married my husband who his people are not and so my husband's very serious and you know and I'm I'm just driven him nuts. Cause I, yeah, all my life, everything is just, you know, make it fun. Right. You know, I'm not very serious. How, how long you been at it? How long you been doing comedy? Um, 20 years. My baby is 22. And I started when she, well, 21 years. She's um when she was about a year old, I had three babies and I was living in the foothills of the Appalachia mountains. And I, that's when I started. And when I say professionally, I got paid with like a, a tray of cafeteria food, (laughs) you know, somebody in church said, will you come up here and do your little ditty? You know how they (laughs) tell you, but I started selling jewelry. That's how I got started. I was selling jewelry, you know, like Keith, when women would sell Tupperware and stuff like that, I was selling jewelry because I want to stay home and breastfeed my first baby (laughs) And but my husband's tight and I wanted my own money. And so I started selling jewelry and in women's um, living rooms and the company started noticing that I was booking so far in advance that um, they asked me to start speaking at their big national regional things. Right. And I did. And people would say, you need to be a stand up. And I had always I always thought I could do it, but I just didn't have the confidence. You know, when I was at UT, when I was in college, I just thought, oh, that's not, I couldn't do that. And I couldn't go to LA and I, you know, and so it was after I got married and had three babies that um, just a number of things happened where I started doing it. And and then we moved to Texas and I had a club for the first time in San Antonio. And so I went and did the late night show and everybody was high on marijuana Keith, And I was... <laughs> It was midnight and I had gotten kids up from school and I would gotten them dressed and I felt like I'd, you know, been knocked in the head. But (laughs) I would get up and do the late show and talk about T-Ball and everybody would be high on marijuana. But anyway, and then I went to Austin, Texas, to Cap City Comedy Club, and they believed in me and they lifted me up and started doing stuff for me. And that's when that's when things took off.
1: Did you ever move to L.A.?
0: no, I've never lived in LA or New York because I had babies and I and I begged my husband. I said, "Let's get an RV. We'll I'll cook on a hot plate. I think I can make it. I think I've got something." And he and praise God, he is an anal retentive, you know, type A person who was like, "We need health insurance." And and thank goodness he talked me out of it because I was not ready for that. That would have been crazy, you know. And I've been able to do it from Knoxville, Tennessee.
1: Which is amazing. Because I think that the, the school, of, the, the train of thought back, if you're saying you start 20 years ago, it was you got to move to LA or New York. And that was really it. Maybe an, maybe a different city other than Knoxville before you go to New York or LA, maybe like Chicago or wherever, but definitely not staying where you are. But now the way things have changed with the internet and and, and, I, I, and I think it's probably the internet more than anything. You're able to reach and create a fan base and and grow your business like you have now, except for with the pandemic.
0: <laughs> right, but before all this, and before the tour and all that, you know, for years I I got to raise three children and take them to school every day. But I was I was either touring with Southern Fried Chicks. I had television deals with major networks. I've had three television deals for sitcoms. I didn't make it, but I, I've always, I was touring with Paula Dean. There was there was always something. Going on that made me think I got to stay in this.
1: Now was Paula Dean you know, doing stand up? What was she doing? Was she just touring doing? She uh, was speaking
0: engagements. She was yeah. She would be d- doing big theaters, and she was um. She just felt comfortable with me. Well, first of all, we met because she was going to play my mother on ABC, okay. and that sitcom didn't make it. So then she felt comfortable with me, and so I would go on stage with her. And because she really didn't want to cook anymore on stage, she wanted to talk and all that. So, so I would just kind of help her. I would kind of open and then I would kind of help her through that. Kind of like and, taking yeah, questions. Yeah, we did several of those. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, Paula, five, people want to know what are the five things you keep in your pantry? You know, that kind of thing.
1: Right, right. And she knew yeah. what those answers. How is she doing now with all that uh, stuff that happened a few years ago? It It pretty much... It seems like it did her in. Is that, is that accurate? I don't mean to be a downer, but it just seemed kind of crazy yeah. how that went down.
0: Yeah, it did. I think it did. She's still, that's my beagle from Ogden, Utah, by the way. That's why no it's way. named huh. No my way. husband got that beagle in Ogden, Utah.
1: How, w- wait a second. <laughs> why Why Ogden? How in the world did you get a dog from Ogden, Utah that's named Augie now, which is, I live in Ogden, which is in, now in Knoxville. How did that happen?
0: Um, well, my husband works for a large company, the largest uh, mobile home manufacturer called Clayton Homes. It's a uh-huh. Berkshire Hathaway company. And he was over uh, a zone of the United States and, and Utah and Idaho and all out there was in his zone. And so he was always out there traveling. And right. the the Clayton plane broke down. One of the planes they have broke down. And so he went to a ski shop. And because he loves to ski and was going to get some ski pants. And he's found this um, in the parking lot in Ogden, Utah, was a a dad with two, with like some little children and a box of beagles. And my husband called me and said, I'm going to get one of these beagles. And I said, it's not a good time for me. And he said, it'll be fine. And hung up the phone and (laughs) brought that beagle home on that plane. And that's been the best dog I've ever had. And I've had dogs all my life and he is yummy. And he's an old man now, but my husband named him Augie from Ogden, Utah.
1: That's crazy. That's I insane. know,
0: and what he's young. <laughs> I know, and I remember we also went skiing back there. Went to Alta, Alta. Yeah, and um, and I remember seeing the comedy your comedy club and um in Ogden, Utah, and um, oh, what that uh, Bob Gol uh, Bob got to be there, and I thought. I thought, oh, if they could ever book me out here in Ogden, Utah. I'm just a mama. No, you know, because I didn't come up doing clubs. So right. a lot of club people, you know, wouldn't book me because they didn't know me. Because I, I had done some theater tours and I'd done other stuff. But I just remember thinking if I could just ever make it to Ogden, Utah and get in <laughs> and work there. Isn't it funny how things I- work out, though?
1: That's crazy. I think we can make that happen though. We can get the, we can get, we can get Ogden on the books for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so are your kids, uh, are they in the business? Are you said your daughter, she's studying a uh, TV makeup and different things. Is that, is that accurate? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. Are, are any of them pursuing comedy
0: at all or showbiz no honey no they think i mean they don't they love what i do but no they don't care anything about that i've got one child that's in um nonprofit for a children's hospital she's in development loves it and then um i'm sorry the beagles and okay. then i've got my boy is a fly fishing guide in the smoky mountains and writes for outdoor magazines oh that's cool I know he's now, and if there's, if something bad goes down, you want to be near him because he knows how to grow his own food. And if he had to kill a deer, he could, you know, he knows Woo! how to survive. Hey sister, the rest of us are pitiful, but <laughs> my boy just happened to take after my farming people.
1: Uh-huh. I've
0: got, I'm from farming people, which, you know, I'm country, but my people grew Tobacco and corn and alfalfa on generations back on both sides. And so my is very much like my people. And I mean, he just, do, he just likes that, all that kind of stuff.
1: So are you from Tennessee then?
0: I'm from Tennessee, a farming community of 500 people. <laughs> hey, Gigi, come here. I'm sorry. They're just, well, <laughs> he, I'm sure. I bet you she's seeing a cat. Okay. So uh, it's a town of 500 people farming community. Um, called Adams, Tennessee. And if people want to look up a witch ghost story, key, it's called the Bell Witch, B-E-L-L, Bell Witch. And that uh-huh. is, there's been several Hollywood movies made about it and all that kind of stuff. And that's where I'm from.
1: And then you made it to Knoxville. You went to school in Knoxville. I went Tennessee? to the
0: University of Tennessee, followed so my you- high school boyfriend that are and you- we broke up right after that.
1: Are you a, are you a Tennessee volunteer fan? You're a fan then,
0: right? Yes, I am. I am.
1: So Peyton Manning.
0: Oh, love Peyton Manning. And, and before the COVID, I did an event for the University of Tennessee. I do a lot of stuff for them. And um, I was with, um, but who introduced me? Okay. Peyton's brother, not Eli, Eli, the other one that is so funny. Yeah. Oh, what is his name? Darling. And he he played but was gonna play at Ole Miss and yes. then got uh got sick. Yeah, right. Darling. We had a chemistry. So cute, fun. Anyway, I met him. I haven't met Peyton.
1: How about uh Kenny Chesney's a big uh, Tennessee guy.
0: Yeah, Kenny Chesney, yes. And I haven't <laughs> met little Kenny, but my my friends <laughs> live next to his tour manager.
1: Really? Yeah. In, in Knoxville?
0: In Knoxville, because Kenny went to Gibbs High School.
1: I, uh, so I used to do radio, right? I was on the radio for a long time, uh, on country music radio. So I would go out to Nashville and interview artists, because I was on the radio for like eight years. And they flew me to Detroit. This is my Kenny Chesney story. So they flew me to Detroit to interview Kenny Chesney. And this was right after the whole thing with Renee Zellweger. Yeah. You know if you don't know what it is, people Google it, you'll see what I'm talking about, but it was a weird, weird situation. So they flew me from Salt Lake city to Detroit because Kenny was headlining uh, Ford field in Detroit, which is where the Detroit lions play. So it's this big, big event. And so they said, okay, you're ready." And they flew me up there just to interview Kenny Chesney. So they, I, I was in there and they put me in this room and they said, okay, Kenny will be in, in a couple of minutes. Do not stand up when he, he'll shake your hand, but do not stand up because he's, you know, he's a little short. They said, don't stand up. Just shake his hand. He'll be very nice. And if you mention anything about his relationship, consider the interview over. That's what his, his manager, whoever it was, road manager, uh, told us. So they said, do not eat because that's it was a big story. I mean, it was it was so timely. And they said, don't even do it. So I shook his hand. I stayed there. I didn't mention it. But the whole time he kind of had this. uh, He had his hat pulled. He always pulls his hat like way down. I'll take my glasses. Pulls his hat way down like this. It was like this. And um, and I was talking to him. was kind of (laughs) just looking at me out of of the the whole time. It was just weird. He was nice. I'm not going to say he's not nice. I like him, But. It was uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't the same free flowing interview that we're doing like, conversation <laughs> like we're doing now. It was very limited on what I could say or, or even mention.
0: I know. I wish we knew what happened between him and Renee Zellweger.
1: Wasn't it like considered uh, like fraud or something? There was God. some. It, yeah. How do you get married and then have the marriage annulled? And fraud is the uh, is the reason that that's that's interesting.
0: It is interesting.
1: I say, Google it. Find out. Get the answer. <laughs> uh, Leanne Morgan. So, do your, do your kids ever go see a performer? They just over that.
0: Yeah, they. Um, uh, I do a big show here every year, Mother's Day weekend at the Bijou Theater, and it's about seven hundred seat theater. Nice. And um, and you know they were off at college at different times, all of them. And and about I don't know, maybe three years ago, they came to that Mother's Day show. I said, Do y'all want to come backstage and? You know, and then we'll go out to dinner afterwards or whatever. And, and my boy, I guess my, my youngest has always like, sometimes she's traveled with me. So she knew, but my boy was like, I guess cause he had been off in college and he had a girlfriend then he got married. I mean, he wasn't, he, he, he was sitting backstage going mom. And I'm like, what? And he's like, people are laughing and it's sold out. And, what and I was like well I mean I'm a comedian I think I I don't he knew it but I just don't think you know he had he realized you know that people actually come and see me and yeah he did write a paper on me in college and his professor said well I mean and it's not like I was Joan Rivers or anything but but she was like wow your mom you know women in comedy I mean that's a Hard thing, and your mom's done quite a bit. And this is, you know, and he was like, "Well, I, I guess so. I think he just, you know, I'm just mama to them." Right. Now, when when they were back, little bitty, Nick at Night did a thing on me, and right. they travel, they went around and filmed us, and a couple of a couple of networks have filmed us, and and they just they they like it okay, but they don't they don't thrive on it. Was and that, my, uh, my son, yeah, he's like, you know, we'd have to get hooked on dope and fight and get out in the yard. I mean, he goes, we don't, we're not fun. We can't, you know, we're in there making blueberry pancakes. And my husband's blank and doesn't talk. He's introverted. I mean, it's just not, we're not meant to have a reality show or anything like that. Do you
1: have any projects in the works? You said you had three, Yet, what were they like three different development deals? Is that what you have with the network? Yeah, my
0: last one, well, I had them over the years, but my last one was with Sony. And that, um, that didn't get bought. It was the end of, um, it in October, I went out to LA and we all October had a bald. like
1: October last year. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I tell you who found me with that one is the, the president of the, a firm, the faith-based arm of Sony, Rich Peluso, uh-huh. who is darling. And his wife saw me on dry bar. And he and she said you've got to do something with her, Rich. And and they he lives in Nashville, but he's back and forth to L.A. And anyway, he took me out there, and we had writers and everything came up with a concept. And and you know, in the room, Keith, they all you know throw their purse in there and act like you're the next Roseanne, and then they're like, you know, we're gonna pass. So they all (laughs) passed. But I'm telling you, Keith, (laughs) my first deal with Paula Dean, I thought this is it. I'm gonna be the next Ray Romano. Roseanne. And right. the and it was had momentum and it was like booming. And then the writer strike hit. You remember that? And it yeah. was dead in a day. And I and I think I went into a, I had never done anything like that before. It was my first rodeo. So I think I got I really do think I got depressed because I it was on I was on such a high Then it was all of a sudden it was over. Chuck brings home Augie from Ogden, Utah. He pees on everything we <laughs> own. I don't even remember him as a puppy. I just remember him standing and like smiling at me and peeing. And I just remember just thinking it's over. And then, and I couldn't get arrested for a year. Nobody wanted to book me because I was touring with the Southern fried chicks before that. CMT wanted to shoot a special with us. It was like, boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden, you know how this industry is. Then it was like nothing. And then, and I thought, okay, so I just, I mean, I didn't do anything. And then right when I think I'm going to quit, and I'm going to go to work at Target and I'm going to work in the bedding in the back, and I'm going to put bedding up on the shelves and I don't want anybody to talk to me. Then (laughs) Nick at night and Fremantle that produces American Idol came after me and they said, we want to do a scripted show. We want you to be with Matt Williams that created Roseanne and Home Improvement. And Uh he wrote a script, sold it back and forth. People fighting over it. And then it went to TV land and TV land said, "Mm, she's too traditional meaning a man, woman and children. Right. Cause everything at that time was, you know, modern family and all that. And I understand that was the trend. And I wasn't, I was a goober. So (laughs) after that, you know, I'm thinking maybe I should go to work answering the phone. I'm a talker. I mean, I just didn't know. I didn't, you know, you just don't know it's back and forth and you think, just when you think I can't take it anymore then something else, God gives you a little gift and you think, well, I'll keep going, you know? And, and it's been that way. And then dry bar was such a bump for me. Uh Oh my gosh. I wish I had my spray tan look better. There's so (laughs) many things about that. I mean, I had not worked that much, but I, and I, I feel like I was rusty. GG. Hey y'all, I know it's a squirrel or something. Quit cussing. I'm on an interview. (laughs) But I, I remember thinking, okay, I'll go and do this thing called drop bar. You know, nobody knew what it was. My right. spray tan, I feel like I took a shower and I took a rag and went like this. And, my, and my, I was tan everywhere. And then I had this big rusty white spot. And my thyroid <laughs> nodule was, it was uh, needed to regulate my thyroid medicine. So I bought this little choker to wear. And the choker was kind of like cocked up the whole time during my special because my thyroid nodule was swollen. And so I had this <laughs> necklace on. And so this was cocked up. And I, I look back on it. And I think, oh, my Lord. And, you know, I'm shocked that it did as well as it did. Uh,
1: it's because you're funny. Really oh, funny. Oh, you
0: angel. <laughs> so who do well, you like? And, you know, I talk about stuff that women, you know, people can relate to.
1: Right. So who do you like? Comedy wise, like was there someone when you got into it twenty years ago? Was it Roseanne? Was it Was it
0: Roseanne blew me away on Johnny Carson that night. I saw oh, yeah. her that set, and she blew me away. But I mean, I just love everybody. I'm a big fan of Tom Papa. Oh, he's I um, I you know, I, I grew up watching Sarah Nut live, Lucille Ball, Carol Burnett, all that. My mom loved all that. Um I just, I mean, there's just so many people. I just loved watching it. I love Comedy Central, and I. And I do, there's just I'm a big fan of Jim Gaffigan, and um, uh, I loved Ellen DeGeneres when she started. I remember that. I think I saw her on something. She had that big mullet, and she was talking about getting in a uh, in a line in the uh, grocery store, and somebody was buying a lawn chair and whipped cream, and you know all this stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I remember. I mean, I've just always loved it all. I don't know. That's terrible. I need to think of more names, but
1: no, no, that's good. Those are great answers, Alan, Roseanne, Tom Papa, Gaffigan. I opened for yeah. Gaffigan once. A, cou- a couple, of, I did a couple of shows with him. The pro- I bought a suit though. I thought I was going. You know, I thought you know, I never wear a suit on stage. I thought you know, I'm gonna wear a suit because I'm gonna turn some heads. So I went <laughs> to Banana Republic. <laughs> I went to Banana Republic, and uh, this guy said these. And I said, Hey, I'm doing shows at the theater with Gaffigan. I need something looking good. He said, You need this. He laid the shirts out. Here's the shirt. These are the pants. Here's the belt. Here's the shoes. And I bought two, just a little slightly different colors, two, but they were expensive. I thought, you know, but this is going to get, this is going to launch Keith Stubbs, right? So I bought these suits and I couldn't have been more uncomfortable. I walked out on stage, everything, nothing fit. It was a fitted shirt. So it felt like just my gut was hanging. It was horrible. And I've never worn either suit since then. I bought I, I bought well, one time and I did two nights with him. But the, I couldn't have been more uncomfortable. So I felt bad because, you know, Gavigan's great. He's legendary and, and just killing it. And I thought I'd be able to at least make, have him think that I was, you know, decent or whatever. But I was, there's no way. not not in that suit. It was in my, <laughs> and it was like one of those collar shirts with the collars, different color, and then my neck fat. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't great. Well, let me
0: tell you that they want.
1: No, no, it was, it was, I did
0: it. I got paid. Well, that, I mean, how nifty, though, to open for him. I met him recently, and I, and I think that he thought I was pretty stupid. But I was at a CMA after party. Okay. And Ronnie, Brooks and Dunn oh. were, were having the party with Reba McIntyre. And Janine, Ronnie's wife, is, has gone through menopause and was listening to some of my stuff and through a mutual friend invited me to their after party. And I felt so out of place. But anyway, I went and, and Jim um, had presented that night at the CMAs. And so he was there. And so I got to see all these country music stars and Reese Witherspoon, all the, you know, Casey Musgraves, all these, you know, um, Reba McIntyre, little Reba. And, and she was like, who are you? Um, and I thought she was darling and I could have put her in my pocket, tiny, tiny fanny. And then here's big Jim Gaffigan. And I went up and I said, Jim Gaffigan, I'm the biggest fan of yours. And all. And he goes, and I said, you don't know who I am. And he goes, uh, did you do dry bar? And I said, yes. And he goes, I know who you are. But he, he didn't look too enthused. And so he kind of walked off from me. And then later that night, I, I was standing. Everybody was, they were jamming. You know, the music people were jamming. Right. Uh-huh. And um, my feet were throbbing, but I wasn't going to miss it. I mean, I was in there watching all that. And uh, he just ended up next to me again. And I said, country people are sweet, aren't they, Jim? And he <laughs> goes, yeah, they are.
1: <laughs> I love Ronnie Dunn.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: He's got the best voice. I love his, the song Believe. Oh. That, I saw it when I went, when I was doing radio. And, and I'd go back to Nashville. I'd go to the CMAs and I'd go to some of these after parties. But I remember seeing Ronnie Dunn film a special at uh, Tootsie's or somewhere in Nashville. And my wife and I were invited because they were recording something. And we were in the business at the time. And that song and his voice was just the most beautiful thing. But one thing that he that was interesting, though, because it's a small venue. And you got Ronnie Dunn, who's got just the most powerful, beautiful voice. It's like he he couldn't remember the lyrics or something. And there was we were standing next to the sound guy. I don't know if you ever seen anything like this. But this guy was feeding him the lyrics of the songs. Because they were recording like a, a special there. But he was feeding the lyrics through an earpiece. Because so I, I saw him. The, the guy had the, the, a sheet. And he was like saying the, the lyrics. And Ronnie Dunn was singing them. Because it's like maybe he was forgetting them or whatever. It was interesting. But it did not affect his performance one day. He was... He, he's just... And and that song is in specifically believe is like, Oh,
0: every time, every
1: time, look it up, people look Look it up up. song and look up Ronnie Dunn singing believe. And and if it doesn't put a tear in your eye somewhere, then you got no heart.
0: Yeah. You're dead inside. Okay. And, and let me tell you Keith, I think you think, you know, this too, like how many talented, wonderful people are out there doing comedy and you will never know who they are. And then you've got talented people. And, of course, me being raised in Middle Tennessee around country music and stuff. How many, you know, thousands of kids and people come to to Nashville to make it and are unbelievable artists. And but but you got to have something like I was watching them that night at the CMA's in that in Ronnie Dunn's barn. I was watching all them jam and like Ronnie Dunn saying or Reba and you're like, you can't take your eyes off of them. And then right. these other people that were there as guests that would get up and they were wonderful musicians, they'd sing, and everybody'd be like, Where's the hot chocolate? It's there's something about some people, God has given something to some people, that thing. And it and you know, so there's people that are so talented, but you'll never know who they are. They just don't have that thing. They're yeah. talented.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> But, you know, what? when I when I started doing that, not that this is about me, but whatever, it's a conversation. Right. I, I, I interviewed uh, Luke Bryan and Luke Bryan was just a young pop. And I was at the CMT studios and my wife and I were there and I was there to interview Al Dean and all these guys. And Luke Bryan was there. and We were kind of waiting to do an interview. And he sat down at the piano and started singing and said you want to hear something? And it was just him and me and my wife. Now, that, that was just us three. It was like, OK, it's interesting. And it was good. And then we went to, um, there's like a bar around the corner. We went to kind of a hotel bar, not far, it's right across from where the CMAs are. And we were there and he came in just by himself, just hanging out and said, hey, how are you guys doing? And I'm like, I thought, this is, don't take this, not you, but people, I thought, okay, this guy seems desperate because he's being nice to us. Why, why be nice to me? I'm just some radio guy out of Salt Lake City. And why, and, and why is he playing for us? But he had some charisma because I, I thought his voice was like, odd right i mean not to disparage him but and then he blows up and he's just so huge now and i never would have seen that coming if you had asked me out of all these people that you've interviewed and you see who's gonna pop and who's gonna not and i have no eye for it at all because i remember watching him going and he couldn't have been nicer by the way but it's like nah. and then now he's huge and you go that you know god bless him that i think that's yeah, great exactly. but don't let me be the judge because. Man, he killed it, and if it was up to me, he probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah, anything.
0: yeah, I know what you mean. And like you see these kids on The Voice, and they're they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then you know nothing happens. I mean, and they've got all that. You know, we've got we've had people win from Knoxville, and and um, and they get all that exposure on NBC and all that. But it just takes something, you know, that's just like Kelly Clarkson or Carrie Underwood. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, it's just a I don't know what it is, but I, I think it's God. I think it's God. It's like you're at the, somebody told me this one time, and I believe it's like you're at the county fair, and there's all those ducks in the water, and you pick a duck, and you get a prize, and I think God goes, I'm going to pick you. You're going to be the one, you know. <laughs> it's something about it supernatural.
1: Yeah. Uh, her name is Leanne Morgan. She has a website, an exclusive website. It's pro- uh, proprietary, whatever it is. It's hers. <laughs> it's her website. It's LeanneMorgan.com. and when are the shirts going to be available, Leanne? When can people? Hold on, Keith. They
0: there goes another squirrel. That's all right. I'm good. They're cussers. Okay. <laughs> when is my what? What were you going to say? When are
1: the shirts going to be available? When's going to be on the website where people can rush there? Almost close down your website because they're buying so much merch.
0: I w- well, I would. I don't mean to. Be Debbie Downer, but it'd probably be, I'd say May May 1st.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah. Now's the time to do it. I think people are shut in. They've got all this disposable income. They're getting their stimulus checks. And <laughs> <laughs> people say, what am I going to do with this $1,200? I know what I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy a, a t-shirt that fits and, and shows how slim you are. Yes, a, t- a t-shirt. It's not clingy.
0: It's not clingy, and it says I'm too fun to clean.
1: There you go. There you go. Leanne, <laughs> I'm going to let you go now.
0: Oh, oh, you doll. I've always enjoyed you. You tickle me. Your Twitter, if people are not listening to you, I mean, or, or I never tweet. I'm not good at that. But you are. You are. <laughs> and you have kept me really entertained through all of this. You really have, my darling.
1: Well, thank you so much. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you happen to have that di- uh, on your device. It's at the Keith Stubbs. Leanne Morgan, what is your Twitter handle for the people? Uh, Liam Morgan so-
0: comedy, yeah. Liam Morgan comedy, yeah. And I'm on Instagram and uh, Facebook, and I like to. Uh, lately, I've been making a lot of Jello salads and sharing <laughs> those recipes. So if you like a gelatin salad, which that must not be just a Southern thing, all the girls out west dig it too. Yeah, and, uh-huh. and I love a good bundt cake recipe. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. I've been doing that and sitting on the back porch. Sometimes I've got wine. I'm trying to get off the wine. I don't want to get hooked on something during the COVID. But I'm, I get out there and the dogs cuss. My beagles cuss. You can hear them. I walk. I take pictures of their butts while they walk. A little beagle booty at night. That's what I've been doing.
1: <laughs> Leanne, thanks for taking the time. Uh, tell Augie hello.
0: From, I will.
1: From Ogden. I'm not from Ogden, but I live in Ogden and lived there for a long time. I'm a South Carolina guy, but oh, that's uh, right, yeah, Charleston. But but tell Augie. hello, Leanne. Thank oh, you man. so much. Love having you on. We need to do it again. We're gonna get through the pandemic, <laughs> and we're gonna see you very very soon. You'll be on the road. And people, LeanneMorgan.com. Thank you, my Thank you so thank much.
0: You. Have you a great angel.
1: day, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Bye bye.